Welcome back to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. My name is Ava Arani and I'm here to share with you the second part of the Mind Work series. And this episode is on our map of reality. So anyone who's studied hypnotherapy or the subconscious mind would be familiar with this idea that we have a existing set of beliefs or a life script that very much determine how we experience the world and even how our destiny play out. So how our life circumstances are shaped by the map of reality or our beliefs that we hold inside of our mind. And just to share and show how far-reaching this is, I want to start with this idea that everything is a story. So every experience that you have, every thought that you have, everything that you know is, anything that you know through the mind at least, is a story. And these stories that we have that determine how we experience our reality, they have different levels of strength they hold different levels of truth for us and I want this to be kept in your mind as I explain the map of reality and how it's formed from an evolutionary standpoint so that we can take a little bit of the power back for our experience when we recognize that everything that we experience is a story and we do have the power to change the story which means we have the power to change, affect, and transform our experience. So why do we have these stories? Why do we have a map of reality? Why do we have a set of belief systems that determine the outcomes of our experience? And these weren't put in place by God to confuse us or damn us like some higher power has has trapped us in this matrix in any way like that it's actually just a matter of evolution and really it's a a matter of adaption so the way that the animals and the plants and nature has evolved on planet earth is a matter of survival and a matter of adaption and as we looked at in the previous episode that our brains have evolved to take care of the survival mechanisms and requirements needed for the human animal and other animals to survive and to function. However, the basic requirements for survival do not let an organism live outside of where its instincts and old brain functions and operations normally operate. So In order to survive to a variety of different environments, to changing circumstances, a certain level of thinking, planning, problem solving would be advantageous. And that's exactly what our new brain and our cortex allows us to do. It allows us to think, to imagine the future, to imagine the past, and to derive different reference points and to develop different strategies for how to learn from our environment as well as how to overcome our environment. And this capacity, as you can see, has a huge evolutionary advantage 
in the way that the human being has been able to overcome every environment on the planet. The human being has the capacity to survive and to grow and to reproduce in on every continent of the planet and in every corner of this earth. So this is very much attributed to our new brain and our conscious mind um, having the intentions to survive and to thrive in these places and then having the capacity to learn and develop strategies to do so. And this is obviously a, um, a benefit of our evolution. The human nervous system, the human brain is a really sophisticated piece of nature a really specific piece of hardware, you could say. And that adaptability, it does come at a price in some way that the complexity of the human nervous system has its downfalls in some way as well. It is susceptible to built-in contradictions. It's susceptible to contradictions between the hardware and the software unfortunately they're not always compatible so the thoughts that we might consciously have in this moment may not be totally aligned with the programs that have been set in place at a different time and the reason that we have these programs that are set in place is because the human brain the human nervous system it's what we might call an open system. So it has the capacity to think ahead into the future and the past. And it has the capacity to imagine the future and to imagine what happened in the past. And this high level of openness, this imagination and this projection that we can do into the future, these dreams that we can have, and the distances we can propel our mind forward and backward in all space and time across the universe, that openness, it requires some stability. It requires some anchoring. It requires some things to be closed, some underlying assumptions to be there, some anchor for which the mind can then roam freely and anticipate and imagine. So though that structure that's required is what we would call the beliefs or the map of reality. And the human being is born with this readiness to be programmed by life. It's born with the readiness to learn from the environment, to learn from the parents, and to get some ground level, some anchor worldview about how things work some assumptions to exist there in the background on top of which all of the thoughts and imaginations and processes and problem solving can function on top of. So this readiness to be programmed by life is not something unique only to human beings. Um, I love this example of an elephant that is being trained and or a performing element or one that is domesticated by human beings in in some way it is tied it has a rope tied around its neck and that rope connected to a spike in the floor from a young age and when the baby elephant tries to 
move, it's obviously attached or secured to that space by that stake, by that spike in the floor. However, when the elephant grows older and gets bigger and stronger, that stake physically isn't able to hold the elephant in place anymore. However, so if the elephant wanted, it could definitely move around and, and remove the stake from the floor, from the ground. However, the elephant wouldn't even try to do so because it was programmed from a young age that it cannot move that stake, that any efforts to move the stake would be futile. So it's been programmed, it understands, it has a baseline assumption of its capacities, and that's been established from a young age. And unless it has the conscious capacity to question that, if it wants to adapt to a new situation, it might say, hey, can I move this stake? Is it possible? Why wouldn't it be? And are my limitations justified? If it doesn't have that capacity to contemplate, it will be limited by its conditionings and its beliefs. So our maps of reality have been functioning since a young age. And it very much helps us to navigate the world, to have that baseline assumption about what things are and how the world works. For example, it would take too much energy. It wouldn't be practical if every time I saw a round, shiny red object, I needed to relearn and readdress and re-question if that is an apple and if it is suitable for me to eat. So when I see an object that looks like an apple, I'm going to automatically assume that I can eat it, where someone else might automatically assume that it's poisonous. If they know previously that they were allergic to it, these functions and these perceptions are relegated into the unconscious so that it doesn't actually take conscious energy, conscious effort to navigate through the world. So we can move through the world quite effortlessly according to these programs. However, we know that some of those programs are contradictory to our conscious mind and to our individual will and how we want to show up in the world. And the unfortunate thing is that the programs in the subconscious mind are self-reinforcing. So every time that you experience something, it affirms the reality of that particular experience. So the likelihood of seeing it and experiencing it again increases and we notice it more. And this is just a quite widely recognized scientific function of how our brain works. You might look into and Google the reticular activating system and see how our brain is programmed to see more of what it already knows. So this unique capacity the human being has to think and to adapt to the environment leads us to develop really unique and complex patterns of behavior. So we have really um, developed ways of sharing information and passing knowledge on between people in the society as well as learning from the environment. You might already just connect to your own experience and know how complex your psychology is. And there are so many reconstructions of your psychology that happened on a day-to-day -day basis. So the way your mind is working and the processes that it's undertaking 
are really sophisticated, really complex, but they also carry such a weight and such a burden in so many ways as, of course, our entire identity and experience is coming through the mind, yet in so many ways, the adaptability and the power and the complexity that it has to compute and adapt to this environment, it leads to a great deal of vulnerability. And in many ways, the human being is plagued with different forms of psychological suffering because of the the adaptation and the contradiction and the mobility of the mind, the way that it is always changing. When we're looking at this work of reprogramming the subconscious mind or strengthening the connection between our conscious and subconscious mind, we're very much looking at how to alleviate the suffering that comes from having an open system, being vulnerable and having that complex psychological reconstruction always happening. However, the work also provides us an opportunity not just to overcome the burden and the suffering that comes from psychological complexity, this psychological world we live in being complexed and overburdened, but also this work gives us the capacity to hack into that system and to wire it for success and to wire it for peak performance and to hack into the the power of the subconscious mind, which in a yogic term we could say the power of the universal energy, the power of nature, the power of the universe to align with the individual wishes and the individual intentions. You might already be perceiving a, a danger in this, like why would you want to teach this work openly? And in many ways, this work has to go alongside a refinement of the person as well. So the person and their wishes and their intentions needs to be refined at the same time as we are connecting to this universal energy and our capacity to harness the powers of nature and the potential of nature for our individual aims and pursuits. So our map of reality is a set of belief systems which have developed before our conscious mind had the chance to develop. And this means that we may have a lot of conditionings that don't actually serve us or perhaps conflict in some way with other people's belief systems. And that conflict either with our conscious intentions or other people's belief systems are one of the ways that we can get into trouble. As long as our belief system is working for us, we don't need to question it. We don't need to inquire or investigate or debug our belief system. But if we are suffering in any way, then we need to come back into our inner space, into the mind, and to resolve what is unwell here first before pointing the finger at the objective reality outside of us. If we lack the capacity to question our belief systems and we lack the capacity to question our assumptions, suffering is almost guaranteed because if we are not able to dig in and recognize that the problem lies 
inside the hardware and inside the software, the problem doesn't lie in the external world. We will be looking to solve the problems in the wrong place. We'll be looking to solve the problems outside more than where we really need to be putting our attention, which is on the inside. And as I mentioned at the beginning, everything is a story. So how we perceive and how we move through the world is based on different levels of story. So there are some stories on the surface which we would be very willing to change. We are not so invested in them. And as the levels, the strength of these stories goes deeper and deeper, we have these fundamental stories about how the world works and who we are even that are really systemic and we want to be aware of them and ultimately we want to have the capacity to change them and even though i'm going to be sharing affirmation tapes most of that type of work is really working with the stories that are on the surface the much deeper stories that we have about ourself and about the reality need to be addressed in quiet meditation so for sure, working with self-hypnosis and affirmation tapes is a valid practice and I use them all the time. However, I will always use it alongside with a silent meditation process and also a retreat practice that I have quite a strong retreat practice going into silent retreat every other month for, for many days. So going deep and deep and deep into those fundamental stories that we have about the nature of who we really are and what existence is and playing in those areas it actually strengthens our capacity to work on those surface level stories about the way that we relate to objects and our life and the environment we have a stronger capacity to work with those surface level stories because we are adept in this work on a much deeper level from going deeper in silence and in meditation to those more fundamental stories that we have about the things that we hold true for ourselves. So to recap, we're born with a readiness to be programmed by life. And the life that programs us that we're born into may not be the programs and the environment and the life that you want to assume to be true for yourself as an adult now. There is work that we can do in the next episodes. We'll speak about hypnotherapy and about the self-suggestion process. So there is work that we can do to affect our map of reality. And that map of reality changes the way that we experience and perceive our lives as well as how we act in the life and our actions sow our destiny. This show is dedicated to creating wholeness and satisfaction through higher education. I recommend you go back into the app and subscribe to the podcast the very nature of the spiritual path is cultivating an experience that lifts you up and this small step can do just that you can also discuss your insights and the subject matter with friends thank you for listening and for cultivating wisdom